extraordinary lady. She said, what do I do next? I said, the practice, that's all you need to do. And 5D is that because you recognize you no longer need the attachments to entitlements, the attachments to stereotypes, the attachments mm. to, it is a type of spiritual elitism in 4D, I'm saving the world. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I know within the context of my work, I have an extraordinary life. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. Hello and welcome to another hour accentuating the positive. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective whom I've called blissful beings. Here on Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, hello, and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to have you with us again. I have the beautiful Tracy Ash with us all the way from Egypt. She has the Nile behind her. Don't you love that? Tracy Ash and I are going to have a great conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about Tracy. She's a creator and innovator since 1999 of awareness schools, life vision schools, mystery schools, and 5D training. There is a revolutionary approach to cutting edge in healing and awakening, and Tracy is on the cutting edge of that. Welcome to the show, Tracy. So great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. You're in Karnak at the moment, aren't you? Karnak, Egypt. I'm very close to Karnak, so Luxor, Karnak, yes. Oh, beautiful. Are you on a boat or... Are you on a balcony? That just a balcony. I'm sitting on this amazing jetty into the Nile. How divine is that? It looks just simply beautiful. It's amazing. This is where we've been doing so much of our integration work between working at sites. Yeah. You know, the Nile is really important for that because... The Nile has encoded in it the whole history of Egypt, ancient Egypt, and it's those codes we need to return to for now. You know, I want to get into all of this and uh, what you're doing there because Tracy loves the sacred sites. She goes cruising around the world to the sacred sites and activating the codes and all that but I want to get into your awakening journey like all of us we come into this third dimensional world we believe that we are you know just the our race our family name you know we we get programmed with our schools and everything and then we have an awakening journey 
what was your awakening journey? What was happening? What happened with you? I'm an adult indigo. And so I came in with my destiny rather intact. So I come from a family of extraordinary mediums. We're physical mediums. And so each of us has a story and experiences physically with spirit, in spirit. And we're able to exchange those journeys as children and later as adults. So for example, when we see the people around us see too and experience spirit in extraordinary ways. Um, my cousin is one of the finest mediums, traditional mediums I've ever met. So as I journeyed throughout my life, as a child, I recognized energy, spirit. I could do readings. I could read adults the thoughts and feelings behind the words, behind the behaviors. And that always fascinated me since childhood. Mm, to be aware as a child, to be awake as a child in terms of the programming. So as a child, I self-taught myself how to meditate how to connect with the light. I was highly sensitive. I could not speak. I also experienced as a child very heavy programming via my family and via the society. I grew up in the north of England mm -hmm. and a high frequency, highly sensitive child is going to be massively affected by the low frequency and conflict of programming. So my journey has been one in terms of staying awake, staying in touch with my destiny and knowing that it was always about light and it will always be about light. But at the same time, I met many, many challenges and experienced much suffering as a consequence of programming and as a consequence of meeting individuals who are highly programmed, conscious or unconscious, awake or unaware. So when I was 17, I sat in my first circle. I had been a way shower for my grandmother's death and I was able to see her through her passing for maybe two months. We sat, we held space together. I held space for her to tell her story right. and she passed peacefully, although she did not want to go. And I knew when she would die because I dreamt it. Mm -hmm. And then everyone could be invited to say their goodbyes. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was an extraordinary medium. And when she did pass, it blew me wide, wide open. So that's when I sat in circle 
this is 30 years ago. I went to university. My background is also art. And I trained as a designer. Uh, I trained as a fashion designer. And still working, of course, with prediction, the future, inspiration, creativity. These are all spiritual tools, of course. But during my degree, my calling became stronger and stronger. I had a near-death experience, which again blew me open again. I spoke very deeply with a soulmate at the time. And he said, there is nothing you can do. You must pursue your path. He was a very early environmentalist. The first person I experienced doing the most extraordinary traditional work was an amazing medium called uh, Ivy Northage. You may be aware of her work. She was the star of last century. And I think I experienced her, her audience address her transfiguration, her trans-channeling, her clairvoyant address. I experienced that on a Saturday afternoon. I showed up at the College of Psychic Studies when everyone was over 50 and everyone wore their cashmere sets and their pearls. And this was the domain of the lady set of Kensington and I show up and I probably at that time was a skinhead, wore the most incredibly outrageous clothes because of course I was a fashion student. So my days as a fashion student <laughs> were spent at Pierce, the parapsychology association in uh, Kensington and then in training at the College of Psychic Studies. How old were you at the time? Mm -hmm. I would have been 21, 22. It was extraordinary, of course, being a minor amongst all of these traditionalists. And I mean, I always found myself very comfortable around older people. So it was extraordinary, one, to receive on that day from Ivy Northage the most extraordinary message which transcended any attachment to my age or my status. And she had never met me. And I'm in an audience, and these were the days when the College of Psychic Studies were jam-packed. It was at the height of its... Excellence. I believe there was, there is no other time like that. The back end of the real work. Okay, so when people dedicated themselves, their whole of their lives to the work. So Ivy Northages address her demonstration. She maybe at that time had 60 years experience. And she came to me in an audience of maybe something up to 150 people. And she said, you will do the same work. And of course, from that moment in time, I was hooked. 
not because of any ego attachment, because I'd witnessed the most extraordinary demonstration of transfiguration, of trance, of clairvoyant address, of evidence of my grandmother, which was included in this demonstration. And as a seeker, I was like, oh my God, this is how I need to work. I want to work. And so it took me on a journey of working with some of the finest mediums of last century, before the internet. Yeah. Before there was that huge focus on clairvoyance only. And these were the days when it was purest work. You know, and it was all based in the energy and the lights and the connection and the integrity and the authenticity. And so I come from those foundations and I unusually trained with the ladies of South Kensington. I had mentors that, wow, I acknowledged at the time, but who were extraordinary because Ivy Northage mentored me when she passed in spirit. God, they are, I've just got to, they are so loud on the, like when I interview people, spirit comes through as the, I know, they, they come through in these, like, they say, it sounds like a clap, right? When I'm editing, there's no sound wave. So it's a sound that I'm hearing, but it's not, it's not on the edit. It's not on the audio. So it's spirit. Yes. And they are like going off. They are going off while you're talking. It's kind of like, I keep looking up because it's kind of like they're saying, hello, hello. Every time you mention someone, they go bang, like your grandmother. And that Those individuals must be acknowledged as leading lights, they mm, make me who I am today, are part of my journey, part of a history, a story of extraordinary work, which is barely touched upon today. And I think that's why you don't see my story so much. Because for me, the integrity of the work comes first. My story is mm, something that is part of it, but not the primary. Mm. So where did you grow up in England? Where You said the, south, the, the north of England. What, what town? I, I grew up in, in Newcastle. Newcastle. I'm trying to figure out your accent. It's sort of like... I know. Well, my, I'm very well-traveled. Yeah. And... I have many translators who work with me, especially in Japan. I spend maybe four or five months of the year working with translators. Mm-hmm. And because of my journeying in terms of being called to sight, but most importantly, being called into service to work with people, I absorb wherever I am. And that's, that's part of my journey as I lock any identity 
that is indeed associated with origins or status, etc., etc. So it's almost as if people can't pinpoint me in terms of my origins or status or background. And that's what I like. Because when it's non-status and, and what and so much part of my teaching is about inclusivity, really embracing the individual, the unique individual. If I go on with my story, I never looked for where I am today. And I entered training at the College of Psychic Studies before I finished my training. I was invited by the college based on a letter of request. I believe if we see there is a lack in our spiritual communities, we should go, we should knock on the right doors and request what we feel we need. And so I wrote a letter to the College of Psychic Studies requesting that some work should be done for young people. So utilizing my history and my experience and then looking at what young people in London in those days may need. This was around 1999. And based on the letter, the president of the College of Psychic Studies invited me in for a chat. Hmm. She looked at me, took one look at me. I love your energy. Come sit. We discussed the contents of the letter. And she said, there is no other person who can do this job. The job is yours. And so my first job was at the College of Psychic Studies when it was indeed at its best. So I pioneered the work for young people and it was extraordinary. I'm just here. Yeah, within six months, we had whole programs that were just simply designed for young people and listening to them. I believe so strongly in spiritual education for younger generations and also children as well. And then it progressed and obviously people outside of that started to knock on doors and say, why can't we work with Tracy? And so it began to expand and it snowballed. But my, my heart is in service and so I never look to see what I must do. I sit in spirits, transform myself and evolve myself and know I am ready for what comes next. So I work in a very different way. When I'm working at sites, I work for the country I am in, I work for the collective, I work for the challenges, the political challenges that the country is experiencing. I work with and for the individuals who travel with me. I educate individuals in terms of the difference between elite spirituality 
and then moving into genuine and authentic spiritual journeys. I love helping to educate individuals in terms of the differences between 3D and 4D and then embodying 5D. Mm. And then not only what mm, the teachings are and the how-to, to allow people to take away that experience and have the very practical wisdom so mm. that they can maintain the breakthroughs throughout their journey. So it's very important work in a sense. It is. Yeah. What I'm hearing in your journey is that you, you said that you were a, you know, you're an adult indigo and as a child you're a, an, a sensitive and an empath, finding it hard to hope with the 3D paradigm, you know, dense energy and programming of our world. You know, that's even more prevalent now with the, with the generations that are coming through. So that's something that is probably more needed now than it was at the time that you're a child. It's extraordinary. On one hand, we have many more constraints and laws in certain countries that can give us the safety of passage as children. I think there are certainly parents of my generation who are more aware of the impact of patterns and stories, etc., etc., within families. I also know that the opposite is also the reality. Um, my next book is a mainstream book on this subject. I'm hugely fascinated in how programming, programming is passed mm, metaphysically. When it's it, passed... It, 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 is it is passed met- metaphysically. I mean, you cannot help but pick up on the thought forms of the people around you. And as an empath and as a sensitive, you know, we're all communicating telepathically. We're, we're all communicating on a, on a grid that is an unheard, unseen grid. It's on this sort of cosmic grid. It's just the awareness of it. I think the difference between now and the past and the future is the awareness of that, you know, being able to pinpoint and, and know that what's coming in, that it might not be your thought, that it might be a thought that's not your thought. Do you want to buy into that thought or that belief or that structure of thinking, that ideology of thinking or paradigm? I think the kids are really good at that now, you know. They can, they can distinguish it, whereas past generations were probably not as good as at distinguishing different thought forms. And they've, they've labelled them ADHD and all that sort of stuff. But I really want to get into more of your journey. Like, wh- what happened when you had the near-death experience? I had a near-death experience which basically flung me to the gates of death As soon as I was, I was told that I needed to return back to my body. That was extraordinary because, of course, it opened me up again. And I believe, you know, in in terms of the shaman's journey, it always chooses you. It's your contracts of destiny that show up to demand and call you into service in the path uh, rather than one seeking it in any uh, superficial form. Mm. So uh, my attachment to even the word shaman is um, a little disturbing (laughs) at times, partly because 
we have so many attachments to words. Yes. Uh, so yes, when I had that near, near death experience, it's always, always about the power of spirit communicating with me. And even if I take a day off, two days off, the presence of the work is always constantly pushing me into service wherever I am, whoever I meet. There's always extraordinary exchanges. Everything that I've experienced as a chat as a challenge, as, as a consequence of my contracts of destiny has taught me one thing. Our future is written, but it's how we respond to those contracts that shape us into the human being we are today. Mm-hmm. So we can either perceive our contracts in the programming in 4D, which is this partial awakening, but the inability to sustain it, or we can enter into the 5D where we fully accept and fully acknowledge okay, so our journey. When you had the near-death experience, we didn't get any of the yes. details. So did you die and like leave your body and go to heaven and all that sort of thing and talk to your guides or what was happening? I, my grandmother was present. I was in accident and emergency. I was aware of the staff working with me and on me. You were in an accident. And yes, I was awake throughout the entire process, but that ignited the most extraordinary sense of awakening and presence. When we meet extraordinary challenges those who are spiritual warriors the pre-runners for the indigo consciousness we were built strong to withstand the programming and we were built strong to withstand the contracts of karma and the contracts of healing that can make the world a better place Because when we experience the assault of programming, when we are strong and we stand in our warriorship, of course, we're healing the planet. And we're also healing the planet by choosing a different way. So that's so much of my philosophy in terms of what's core to the teachings. Mm. You know, another part of my story is that I am Sufi. I'm married to, into a Sufi family here in Egypt. I'm married to my soul flame. He is extraordinary in terms of the way he is complete and the way that he completes me. And as a child, I always spoke about love. And as an adult, I always spoke about love with my then partners This is the love that I was speaking about as a child. So I believe we come into this life intact and we have to find our way back to that. That's what our work should stand for, as you know, as a teacher. That's to show people the way is to be complete in yourself. And for that, you know, this 
particular journey I've been making with the mystery school in Egypt over the last few weeks. It's been about showing people the teachings, acknowledgement, recognizing who's ready. Are you ready? You're being initiated and serving individuals in terms of the sacred space and informing them and educating them in terms of the three, the four, the five day. Recognizing greed and need is not the entry point into the most authentic path. It's not going to maintain you in terms of 5D. So you can have the glimpse and the, the glamour of spiritual experience. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in taking people into something else, something deeper, something that's more sustainable, something that's more genuine. So the most advanced work is of course the most simple because it shows up in your day-to-day life. It's in your breath, it's in your smile, it's in in your thoughts, it's in your feelings. It's because not, it's not just in your meditation or in the workshop or in reading the book or it's in the day to day. Absolutely. Yes. Look, I, and then it serves you. Yeah. And then it serves you. Exactly. And it serves everybody else around you. But I'm just, uh, you know, because we're running kind of running out of time. But I wanted to get into the, so you do 5D training. Well, I had this beautiful man online the other day who was defining the dimensions or the frequencies, the densities. And uh, yes. he was just defining them so beautifully. And he was saying that third density he defined it as wanting thwarted wanting and indifference which I thought was just beautiful you know we're always wanting something want 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 and then thwarted wanting yes I don't know if I can have it I can't have it you know that feeling of thwarted wanting it's like I want to love her but am I good enough am I worthy enough all that sort of thing and then indifference and he was talking about his name is Bill McKenna beautiful he was talking about going to the supermarket you know going to the grocery store which is that day today that we're talking about and if we're in 3d we're in wanting thwarted wanting and indifference so we go to the supermarket we're looking for something specific wanting we go there we haven't got it thwarted wanting and indifference it's like you just ignore everybody else around you because you're purely going there to get something that you want and you need yes and uh, I thought it was a beautiful explanation of 3d we can all relate you know like yeah that's 3d how do you define the densities? So what is okay. fourth and fifth density to you? Like let's put it in practical everyday terms like Bill. Okay. 3D is the total unplug where you are completely hypnotized, mesmerized in stereotypes and of the stereotypes. You're in the most subtle of programming. And you are way, way, way into sleep. So your journey in terms of um, this particular life is you're a pawn in the elite power structures agenda, period. 4D is the journey of referencing 3D, recognizing that, and temporarily awakening. 
there are energy system compromises in four day. The life force, the energy systems overhaul has not taken place to sustain the breakthrough. So 4D is the awakening. One needs to be careful in 4D, particularly because we always need the reference point, the connection, so that we can take great responsibility for what is and what is not authentic progress, authentic evolution, and authentic information sources. So it's that going beyond, and it's that glimpse, and you get that, and then you move into the often, you go back to the 3D because it hasn't been enough in terms of the experience and the connection to really transform where you've come from. So to be in 5D next is to take all parts of your journey in order to completely tackle the problems of 3D, the problems of 4D. One must utilize gravity, the body. One must also have an immaculate facilitator. You need a way shower to show you the way through because, of course, it's about resonance and it's about frequency. 5D is the sacred. In order to definitively have the access codes, your own journey of transformation must be complete first. This is channeled information that I've received at particular sites. I usually receive the most profound teachings during equinoxes, during solar solstice, because the ancients knew that the cycles are aligned, the universe is aligned, locked into our earth during these particular points. So the forces of our universe can step forward and guide us if we're authentic in our journeys of healing, the journeys of what is outstanding, if we stop running away from ourselves. So 3D, unplugged. 4D, mm, slightly plugged in. 5D is super plugged in. So you know where you've come from. You're in the now. You're in complete embodiment. You are radiating that which is sacred. And that which is sacred is the education in itself. So you're not knocking on the door of evolution. You are evolution, which then makes everything that you touch an opportunity of service. But we must remember free will. So our experiences with others in 4D, you may want to change the world and everything and do healing for others and do it for them. But that is not our calling. Our calling is to show up and connect and be in service with those who can acknowledge their own journey. And it's to help others to learn how to do it themselves, to show them the way. But free will is very, very much in the law of evolution. The law of evolution states 
you cannot step forward without your own acknowledgement. So these times are certainly about free will. They're certainly about an intense hijack via the elite power structures. And we must equip ourselves. Yeah. Let me just try and simplify this for people that are listening. I'm, uh, so this is what I'm getting about. Because there's a lot of on the internet about 3D, 4D, 5D, right? And um, there's, yes. a bit of, there's a bit of, you know, discrepancy between 4D and 5D. Some people say, you know, we're moving into fourth density and that's where we're shifting to. Some people say, no, 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 we're shifting to 5D. And there's a bit of discrepancy about that. And I've been told that like 4D, a bit like you, is that melting pot of third and fifth sort of where, yes. you're, where you're playing with those two energies. It's where a lot of people in the spiritual and new age community are. But what I'm or want to be and are misguided. Mm, Only because, yes, because they haven't done enough internal work. Yes. What I'm getting is 3D is about me. It's about me. Yes. It's about mine. It's about my family. It's about my career. It's about my job. It's about my book. It's like, it's about me. And then, yes. uh, and then like 4D is more kind of like us. It's like, as you say, it's, it's a bit more, okay, like there's more than me and I'm in service, but it's still very much about me and how I'm serving. Yes. <laughs> it's, there are subtle challenges to 4D that can trip you up. But what I'm getting about 5D, which makes this significant difference, is the cessation of duality. So there is yes. no you and me. There is only we. There is only me in, in, in that there's me over there on the Nile wearing a black headband and sitting there, you know, and then there's me sitting on here and there's me the cat and then there's me the that. You know, there's only me, but there's only we. So it's a difference between me, me and mine because it's like the cessation of duality. Duality ceases to be, ceases to exist. So the fight ceases. It's like the good fight. I think the 4D is very much about the good fight, the light against the dark, you know, like um, I'm fighting the good fight, whereas in, when there is non-duality, there's no fight. There is, only, there is only all of it and all of it's perfect in a way. And 5D brings in something extraordinary. It is it. It's livingness. That's yeah. what is... Incredibly important. One of my participants said, she's done a lot, a lot of work. Extraordinary lady. She said, what do I do next? I said, the practice. That's all you need to do. And 5D is that because you recognize you no longer need the attachments to entitlements, the attachments to stereotypes, the attachments mm. to, it is a type of spiritual elitism in 4D, I'm saving the world. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I know within the context of my work, I have an extraordinary life, but it is simply work that I do because I'm being called to particular places which are serving in a different way. Now, 5D is interesting. And, and for those of you who are interested in what the next frontier is, it is about mobilization of individuals who are generous. And 
that mobilization creates the grid of genuine, conscious light workers who are holding the transition for the planet. Now, when you're complete, as in 5D, that's when you can go beyond. But that too is when you can call in the assistance, the real assistance, via the universal forces. Mm. And those universal forces can make themselves present in you. So you're looking at hosting something that's more extra, extraordinary. And it is about holding space, sacred space. And it's about holding more sacred space, more galactic space on this planet so that no matter how many of us are aware, we can do that extraordinary job which holds the doors to the future open. This is really important stuff. It's challenging at this time because, of course, the assault from the elite power structures is very strong because they're fully aware of the transition in time of humanity. Fully aware. So the consequences of the hijack is the manipulation of money, Massive manipulation in terms of, of course, 3D education. And I think that's something we need to let go of in our spiritual arena. You can't be the 5D if you expect the education to be 3D. Yes? Because, of course, it has to be something that's energetic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big advocate for the way that schools need to shift because like you, I was... You know, like yes. you are indigo and came in completely uh, dyslexic and could not fit into a 3D school system. And so as I struggled as a kid in school and, uh, you know, and I still see my friends' children struggling because they're so yes. psychic and creative and tapped in, tuned in, tapped in, turned on and sensitive and empathic. And 3D school systems do not cater to these children. You know, when I was a kid or when you were a kid, there was a few of us, but now there are just millions of them. I want to give you an analogy that I was just given about the, the 3, 4, 5D. They said it's like 3D is like learning the steps to the dance. 4D is dancing it from your memory. And 5D is having the dance dance through you. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? That just well, to me. It was like so... You don't even have anything to do with it. It's just like the energy, it dances through you. It just dances through you. In terms of the processes of initiation and acknowledgement, you are the journey. That is it. But you have to earn it in a unique way in terms of what your contracts are, how much work you need to do upon yourself so it's an individual rather than a generic journey but once you acknowledge your destiny and your purpose your contracts of destiny I think purpose is the most important work to do really understanding your dream your calling and that is something that anyone can discuss you know without any entry into meditation what is your dream you know and that's an interesting one in 4d You may have many dreams, but you won't have the resource to manifest those dreams. I'm 
equally interested in how we reference the law of attraction, but understand how we can really overhaul it, overhaul what is entitlement. And if we utilize it with immaculate transformation and evolution in mind, then we enter into that flow. And then our minds and thoughts operate in immaculate mastery. So we're working in evolutionary principles that serve not only our destiny, but serve those we touch. Everyone around us. You know, I'm very interested in the heart and generosity. And I give so generously in terms of the teachings. It's about full transparency. And that will always, for each and every one of you who chooses to be generous, that will always secure your evolution and that you enter into so much magical more. You know, because as we move into this sacred 5D, Of course, it's about mobilization. Of course, it's about us. Of course, it's about knowing the right way, knowing it within ourselves, and then really knowing how to interact with other human beings, how to communicate, how to love, how to speak, how to be with other human beings, Mm. Uh, sharing the wisdom, holding sacred space, in every life situation. So the practice is not superficial. I've learned so much by marrying into a Sufi family. My husband's father is an imam and his father before him. Very respected Sufi family, but Sufis are self-governed. If there's a challenge, the tribe comes together and everything is resolved and everything is dedicated to us sacred. You know, we have horses, we rescue horses and the horses have fire ceremonies. The horses are honored. We honor the horses. The horses honor us. It's a community that is quite outstanding. But recognizing those who are in 5D, it's that, it's that recognition. And I think the theme of the work I've been doing here is how we use our resource in the heart, how we really acknowledge in ourselves what we're using our resource for and whether our contracts are being compromised through our own resolved, unresolved programming or through other people's unresolved programming. It's all in frequency. That's why we have to enter into these deeper journeys. Uh, And I know the children and the new generations are, are awake. They're calling us in the spiritual arena to offer something else. I have two daughters, 16 and 17 wide awake and of course they read energy and always have so they're able to identify very clearly three four d because they read the frequency and they're not mesmerized by the glamour and the words they can see right through it Mm. and that's what we need to do now we need to educate people to be able to see 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 
right into the world. Mm. But in order to do that, you need to see into yourself first. Mm-mm. Absolutely. You know, and well, we're right on the time when people are supposed to be joining us. No mm. one's jumped on yet. <laughs> um, That's fine. I wanted to talk about the sacred sites and how that is a, is an, like an activation for what we're talking about because, um, yeah, you know, I think where we're going, if we get there, one of the probable realities is beyond, uh, here's someone, is beyond where we've been before. Yes. So uh, I'm just wondering if the sacred sites hold the key to that, you know, how they hold the key to that. I mean. What I find fascinating about sites, the wisdom of light, the wisdom of 5D, the wisdom of sacred was secured for all time in our master record keeper, which is the earth. The sites were were created as devices for time traveling, interdimensional communication. It holds the origins of our existence, who we are as humanity. So the sites, each of the sites all over the world are interconnected. Mm, For me, it's about discovering the sites that are the most relevant during these times, the ones that are speaking the sacred wisdom. Bear in mind, you have to acknowledge the 3D, the 4D, so you're not working with it as a tourist. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're really holding yourself back from the attachment of, oh my God, I visited this site. Mm-hmm. Because that's not going to initiate you into the gift of the knowledge. So sight is the very well understood energy matrix that the ancients utilized. And this is as they inhabited the planet, i.e. I'm very strongly rooted in our cosmic origins and I have a strong Syrian lineage the ancient sites were created by extraterrestrials here on earth, no mm-hmm. doubt. Mm-hmm. And so the sites were utilized to sustain that high frequency and zero point resource so that the technologies could be used and sustained for that interdimensional travel, mm-hmm. but equally to encode and encrypt the wisdom for all time. Now, humanity has progressed to exceptional, extraordinary levels. And because of my work here in Egypt, I'm, I'm here maybe eight times a year. Not because I need to, it's because I'm called here. And so much of my story is about following the ancient sites, following the stories, where it went wrong, Mm-hmm. where it was right. Mm-hmm. Now, I was um, scribe priest to Akhenaten. Now, mm-hmm. there's so little in terms of um, respected history on Akhenaten and, and what the whole dynasty of Akhenaten represents. So this is when... Egyptian civilization was at its best. You can feel it. It's encrypted in the sites. 
the sites then, or the later sites, aren't encrypted in the same sacred magic. So you have the later Roman Greek sites that do not speak, cannot speak, because they do not honor. And even in the architecture, you can see it. The same zero-point technology that slices through granite is not present any longer. The exquisite proportions of the statues and the architecture is no longer present. It's like creating a temple and then fixing it into foundations that are matchboxes. But what is great about the sites is that they would have been built into earlier sites. This is why connecting into nature and showing up at sites is, is amazingly important. You know, I, I got invited to Australia. I got invited to Australia because I knew I was being called to work at Uluru because the Aboriginal women hold the story of their ancient Egyptian origins, which are connected with Syria. So we hold the same story and the sites hold that story. But some of the sites have improved in terms of the patriarchal and what we're being called into doing is to go back to the sites to remember equality equality in terms of the divine feminine in terms of the divine masculine to be activated into the 5D we need to mm, totally honor the divine feminine it's about the journey of the heart it's the journey of peace that unlocks the journey of zero point you can't have anything metaphysical any anything 5d without the divine feminine being locked into place so sites give us this um, experience and if we're with someone who's in and knows what they're doing they can show you a lot you know, they'll show you where we've come from. You'll time travel with them. You'll energetically be aligned in the new codes. And you can open the stargates further. And if you're with a 5D facilitator, they'll call in the forces of the universe. So, for example, out at Giza, the Great Pyramid site, last November, and I started to look at the sky. I love sky watching. When I'm at sight, I don't want to miss anything because everything's happening. It's our awareness that limits our experience. Sekhmet manifests in the vast landscape, in the sky. Sekhmet, in the clouds, manifest. And my clients are watching me watching it. My husband is recording me, recording it on my camera. And everyone is, oh my God. So it's those experiences and any ego attachment will give you the photograph of the sites. And I'm always like, oh my God, the sites are amazing. It's like stepping into a TARDIS. It's like, where do you want to go? What do you want to see? But that's so much rooted in, say, the pyramid texts, because the pyramid texts were all about taking us back to the Zep Tepe, which is the first time. And that's what good spiritual practice is. That's the universal story that connects us spiritually. 
It's like finding the first time that spark of creation and finding it within us. Mm. Our sacred destiny is that. And so when we're true to that and sites give you the upgrade, they give you the overhaul and they sustain you. You know, the elite power structures are well aware of it. It's pretty tricky here at times to meditate for long periods. Uh, Why is that? Because they're aware that activating the sites is going to activate energies that will create change. You know, at, at key astrological dates during the equinox and also the solstices, it is impossible to meditate or get anywhere near the Great Pyramid. And so it becomes a challenging journey in itself. But I work very strongly with my husband. He's my partner in, in the tours that I do. So there are always ways around those challenges. And again, I always believe that our destiny will show us the way. So our consciousness developed, it opens the doors rather than not. So I never fret in terms of the 3D. I'm never afraid. I always know that the right way will be unlocked. Sites are amazing. You know, at the minute I'm working between Avebury, Stonehenge, crop circles. I've been working in crop circles for about 20 years. Just incredible. Again, temporary gateways. Mount Fuji and here and Uluru. Uh, I, I work into the areas where the earth grid is changing and I've always uh, highly acknowledged Australians. There's a lot of light that's encoded in, uh, in Australian people. And you've been so ready to kind of rock spiritually. I do. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's mm. always been there. There's an authenticity and a, you know, a general code of common sense. You know, common sense is high-level spirituality, of course. So the sites give you the contact. They can give you the way into the contact. I'm doing a lot of contact events at sites, but it's not about contact because we can get into the whole contact scene. But if we haven't done the internal work, then we won't get the proof of contact. We won't get the shot that says this is an interdimensional being. And I have a library of interdimensional beings. The communication comes forward when you've done that work on yourself. You know, the keys are there. The ancients built these sites and also created the 5D bloodlines so that we could pick up the knowledge at a later date to activate it. And then the knowledge of light is safeguarded. The evolution of humanity is safeguarded. I think the indigos, the precursor indigos are part of those bloodlines. And our destiny, our sacred destiny is written in our DNA. So nothing can hijack it, only if you choose it. Mm, you know, absolutely. so showing up at sight is 
helping you to reboot your energy system so you don't go into that disbelief. So your resource then becomes extraordinary in sacred destiny and sacred experiences with others. And that builds your light. It amps up, it ramps up your light. Mm-mm. When that occurs, then, you know, you're in service, mm. you know, and when that occurs, you know that your journey assists other people, which is what you're doing. Because you can only teach within the context of your experience, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Isn't it amazing? It's like, it's, it is all about your journey, but only if you listen to it. Absolutely. We've just got a couple of people who've joined us online. I'm just going to... Okay. I'm, going to pause for a second. Would I like to see the sea? <laughs> Would I like to see the sea? <laughs> yeah, I'm, look where I am. I'm oh. down at Club Valley. Oh, you're down at Club Valley. How beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful down here. It's just, it's yeah. just coming on sunset now in Sydney, Australia. So oh, yeah. wow. Nick in Sydney and Cecil in Norway and, of course, Tracy in uh, Karnak in Egypt and me in Kuji, Sydney. We're just going to do a little bit of an activation meditation. I have no idea what we're going to do. Tracy's tuning in. Okay. Yes, let's use those reference points now. So sacred honor, where you are now, the country that you are based in now. Totally acknowledge, accept, surrender to where you are now. Gratitude and thanks. And then lock into, through gravity, head, heart, and feet. This journey is about refining frequency. Igniting, activating high frequency. Working in who you are now, evolving and taking in you into who you can be. Head, hearts and feet. Honoring where we are, honoring each other, honoring our lights. And the four of us, all of us, in that total embodied reality, we can feel the power of each other. Let's acknowledge it. Our light, in light, as light. Breathing your way into immaculate, outstanding, high frequency. We have everything that we need. It's right here within us. Choose to reveal your light.
choose highest frequency? From here in Egypt, a direct activation, each one of you, high frequency, sacred wisdom, the Christic, and the light that is sacred, the light that is service. healing, holding, loving, there is nothing to do except Surrender, light. And then we are all light workers in extraordinary ways, extraordinary, ordinary ways. Gravity, eternity, light. Take a breath and open your eyes. Oh, that was powerful. Wow. Egypt is complete. When it touches you. You know the message that I got through that? Yeah. Yeah, I know you did because... The transformation took you into acknowledging your destiny immediately. Oh, I know. I, I acknowledge my destiny. Don't you worry about that. But what I got for the message from that was um, the family of light. Like there are so many. Like we yes. we touched on this at the beginning of this conversation. Like the kids yes. struggling. You know, they're different. They know they're different, and they struggle. What they were just showing me now is that we're moving into a time where the family of light is so supportive that no longer does the light workers have to feel unacknowledged or struggle because they're being embraced by the family of light. That's what I got. Yeah. I think what is also interesting is how we're being called into being different kinds of mothers and fathers. So our role as human beings is being expanded. 
So we can really activate the roles that perhaps we haven't experienced fully before and we're being called into service in a different way. So we can all be the archetypal mothers and the archetypal fathers. And it's about playing out the roles that sometimes we haven't allowed ourselves in previous history. So I find that really fascinating. But yes, the acknowledgement is huge in terms of the family. You know, I know that myself because I don't get wound into location politics because my family is wherever I am in the world and I have some amazing collaborators and and family members who maybe I don't see in a conventional way but oh my god do I love them I love them so dearly Uh, Clara is one of those people Yeah, yeah it's 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 family Yeah, it's the family of service. It's the family of a deeper spirituality that can go beyond all the stereotypes and the, you know, the even the genetic, the genetics that go with it. So we know who is really close in terms of who can guide us and who we can share with and evolve with and and actually grow with. Yeah. So it's that not attaching to programming in any way uh yes you're you know you're a light worker the lady in norway you just got to do it you know you just got to do it do it go for it Mm, many 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 yeah there's many opportunities it's whether we do it or not Mm. yes that's what the question is, how we use our free will. Yeah. I feel drawn to visit power places like Uluru, mm. like Egypt. So come. Yeah. Uluru is in January and that is a gathering, you know. It's a gathering that is an important one. Good speakers, there's a good quality dream. So that's an important one. Egypt is huge because it gives us a complete story. Sites are, yeah, they're critical, but find your own sites in your own country too because the Nordic is, is, is powerful. You know, this is all interconnected with the Shining Ones. And if you look at my first book, a lot of emphasis on what's gone before. And if you look at the Shining Ones, you know, you're looking at a legacy that's 40,000 years B.C., and so the shining ones dispersed across many, many continents to seed the myths and legends, which are the true stories of humanity. Mm. You know, so you have your own very pertinent myths and legends in Norway. And those sites perhaps need to be looked at. What I find really interesting is from Aswan in the south of Egypt all the way across Europe. And the boundary in the UK is, of course, Hadrian's Wall. So the knowledge of ancient Egypt was dispersed. The knowledge of the Shining Ones was dispersed. The ancient Egyptians 
ensured that it was dispersed again. So you have, throughout the world, you have the primary and the immaculate uh, engineering that comes with certain sites. And then you have maybe the Neolithic engineering that comes with certain sites as well. I find Neolithic stone circles in Japan as well. It's the same for all of our premier uh, power sites, but I'm much more interested in UK, certain energy pathways. I'm very interested in the Michael line, the Apollo, the Apollo lines. It's the serpent lines, the dragon lines. You know, these are all very active today in Japan because Shinto, which is their shamanic um, religion, inverted commas, because it doesn't translate particularly well, is live, active today because the, the emperor is the living shaman who is perpetuating rituals constantly and the energy pathways and the polarities are being worked with via the sites all the time. And that's an interesting one because if one site is active and then you have a site elsewhere, then you get the zero point between the two sites that have very different frequencies, the male and the female, if we call it that. But, you know, that's another discussion. That's why I don't talk too much about my story because it encompasses many different arenas but sites wow i see the sites the next step is to mobilize people so much more through sites and to reactivate the the planetary grid at sites you know bringing people together at sites and that's what several of my projects are about over the over the next few years i've got fuji as a primary Stonehenge Avery, their projects. I'm doing one with Clara as well with Conscious uh, Living Events in Bournemouth next year. She sees right away the relevance of the work that I'm doing with people. It's pretty far ahead of its game. I've got a t-shirt with Save the Future. I, I just think it's so key to save the future. Because we've got these beautiful generations, beautiful beings, you know, and to live in a massive resource means we can speed up time and the usual time structures. So what we can do is so much more than we've been led to believe. And sites will give you that. The magic of Egypt is extraordinary. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it has gifted me so much. I had past life, massive past life memories, which I drew down and I drew down the sites and I came to them later and I knew the layout of the sites that I'd remembered in my 20s. So, you know, I think our destiny is encrypted in our DNA. We just have to find ways of unlocking the memories. And also we need to have people around us who say, do it go for it, which takes us beyond fear and into the light. Because the fear, you know, uh, duality was designed and engineered here in Egypt. My major interest is Akhenaten. And of course, that is heavily part of the teachings. There is no duality. There is no fear. There is no death. 
that's what people have to reach into and and experience in a teaching setting so that awareness is transformed and an education then prevails in in a very different way because we can have the information and the knowledge but we may still be attached to the fear and the limitation and and that's what i'm interested in transcending for people and it it's about real alchemy alchemy is sacred the sacred comes through alchemy you've got very strong um, connection with the christic and with isis you're very awake you need to search and you need to start using it using your awareness and also i think to be meticulously trained in utilizing your awareness it's very cerebral it's very much in your third eye and to find peace will allow you to master it and then you can be the oracle that you know you can be yes <laughs> absolutely that absolutely. was just off cuff so yeah you know the message yeah. during your meditation was that these two down here have to take on that leadership role in that light family yes yes so do it mm. do it and come together and, and show others the way i got the image of a lot of lights that i'm connecting with and reunited yes holding and a huge one mm-hmm. it was a beautiful picture Now Nick did you have anything to ask like uh, I'm going to wrap this up now have you got anything to say Okay <laughs> No 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 I'm fine No 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 You don't it, want to ask it, anything No not really everything's I'm pretty much no like I'm I'm on track I know I'm on track you know Yeah and that's it it's about knowing that you are and building the frequency so that you can really 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 just enjoy it and and enjoy it more and deepen it more and know yourself more of course it's beautiful yeah 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 i program my own reality it's it's easy yeah it's I, i'm pretty comfortable yeah very cool cool tracy i just want to say thank you for being on the show thank you so much for being on accentuate thank you family you know it really is about that it's thank about you. family thank you so so much Thank you all so much. Thank you. Yeah, huge huge love and have an amazing amazing day. Hey, well, that was a bit of a marathon session today. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you enjoyed meeting Tracy. She's wonderful and uh yeah, a fan of you want to come come on down in 2018, come down to Sydney or come to Uluru and be a part of the uh Cosmic Consciousness Conference that's happening in Uluru. If you want to know more about it, send me a drop me a line and I'll tell you all about it. Thanks again for joining me and remember if you want to join our little inner sanctum tribe, go to karenswain.com/innersanctum and become a part of our little family of light. Bye for now. Love to you all. Mwah. Clap along if you feel like